listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the O-Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, if you bark, meow, hop, or whinny, have I got a great ally for you. Our special guest today is revolutionizing the companion animal world with one focused goal, to save the lives of dogs, cats, and other critters. You know, he's not going to brag about himself, so I'm going to do it. This is a person who has been credited, are you ready for this, with saving the lives of more orphaned animals than anyone else in the history of the planet. That's why it gives me great pleasure to welcome to our show the president of the Helen Woodward Animal Center, the one and only Mike Arms. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Auden. I'm honored that you have me on. All right. Well, you're one busy guy, Mike. I mean, all the innovative programs you've done at Helen Woodward and will be doing, you know, some of the cats, uh, probably even those with nine lives, I think they marvel what you can do in a single day. I just want to know, you must have some kind of app program on your phone or something to keep track of all the things you must do in a day? Well, it's not so much that. It's a a purpose in life, as you have, Auden, that, you know, we want to see the world change when it comes to our beloved pets. We are tired of hearing the excuses why we can't save them all. Once somebody says we can't save them all, that means they already gave up. And we don't have that philosophy. We have the philosophy, what can we do today to make it better tomorrow? How can we today save more lives tomorrow? And that's the focus that we have to stay on because those beautiful pet lives depend on people like us to get them out of our facilities into quality homes as quickly as possible. Well, you don't just talk the talk, you do it. And I want all you listeners to get comfy and get prepared to be inspired because we have Mike at the mic. And we're going to learn how you can be the best friend for your dog, your cat, a rabbit, or other animal in need. But we have to take a commercial break and pay for the show. So everybody, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Obehave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is one of the top dogs in the companion animal universe. He is Mike Arms, president of the Helen Woodward Animal Center. That's located in Rancho Santa Fe in beautiful San Diego County. And I got to tell you, I live here. I know Mike. And yeah, he does a lot of things here in San Diego, but his reach extends globally. So we need to get started, Mike. First of all, I'm so honored and glad you're on my show. I think I met you about 10, 11 years ago. We kind of were kind of newbies to San Diego, both of us, in 1999. That's correct. And we haven't aged a single day, have we? (laughs) No. We just (laughs) save more lives. That's all we do. There you go. You know, Mike Arms has done everything from staging surfathons for dogs to hosting international holiday adoption telethons. You know, I like your philosophy that you're working today for a better tomorrow. And just that whole mindset, those words do take the word can't out of anybody's vocabulary if they follow your philosophies. Correct, because that's the most negative word in human um, vocabulary. That means you gave up. But as you mentioned, you know, it's like the Surf Dog Surfathon that's going to be taking place this Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, when I came up with the concept, it was because, you know, we have so many organizations here doing dog walks, and everybody was competing for the same dollars. And I said, well, you know, let them have the dollars from our dog walk. We have a whole ocean here, and <laughs> yeah. why can't we get surfers involved? And everybody laughed at me when I came up with the concept, but then it took place. We had a gal here, Nedra Abramson, that was a surfer herself, and she started putting this thing together. Well, it blew up right in our faces. Everybody loved it. This Sunday, <laughs> we'll probably have about 100 dogs competing on surfboards, And we're doing a couple of things that the Guinness Book of World Records is probably going to start recording surf dogs and put that into their record. So we have a couple of neat things that are going to be going on this Sunday. And in the last couple of years, we've had almost 5,000 people attend, and it's been shown all over the world. Well, you know, my I have a personal uh, interest in this. I have a 12-pound. I found Cleo. I call her jokingly my $500 free dog. She was abandoned running around on the streets, and uh, she is part of the SoCal Surf Dogs. She's not in the caliber of a ricochet or a nani, but that girl can hang on a board, and she's going to be there, and we're going to try to raise money and try to help add more records to the Guinness Book. But I don't know how to explain it. To see dogs of all sizes who really dig being on the surfboard just muscle the waves. I'm so glad we live here, Mike. <laughs> I totally, totally agree. But it's a great day. It's a great way to see the animal-human bond with the pets and their owners all having a good time. And we've had so much fun over the years with it. Well, I just look so hot in a wetsuit, too, so I'm just warning people if they come out. I purposely am the spotter that goes out deeper in the water, so I'm up to my neck. I'm not stupid, but we do that. With this, though, I do understand from Nedra, uh, and she's been a guest on our show, that you guys are going to be able to stream this, video stream this. So this is going all over the world. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, we, we didn't even realize it, but Google called us up and said, you know, 
hey, why don't you just stream it? Why don't you let us do it for you? And we said, <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twist so, my arm. All right. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. So have you ever surfed? Me, no. No, I don't no. have time. You know, you and I don't have time to surf. Are you kidding? Too many right. lives out there to be saved. I mean, if, if I'm not here, I'm traveling somewhere to save lives. In two weeks, I'm going down to San Antonio. They're working hard to become a no-kill city, and they've asked me to come down and give them some marketing ideas. Oh, I'd like that. I mean, we've got a lot to talk to with Mike about. He's got an international seminar he has just created. It's called ACES. Animal Center Education Services. It's going to be later in September, September 26th to 29th. We're going to talk a little bit about the San Antonio. But, Mike, I don't want to get people crying, but you're a New York guy. And, you know, I need to do a little rewind of the tape on your life. Because way back when, you were this young guy in New York City with a degree in accounting. It seemed to me that the life of numbers just wasn't counting up for you, was it? Absolutely not. And what took place, and I'll give you a very short version, I wound up starting my career with an animal organization in New York City that was, at the time, they're much different now, but at the time, they were killing 140,000 pets a year, and there was no discrimination, made no difference. It was the cutest eight-week-old puppy, eight-week-old kitten, or most magnificent golden retriever, setter, made no difference. The holding period back then was 24 hours. If nobody claimed or adopted the animal in 24 hours, they were killed. The street gangs in New York City were busy at the time torturing pets, and I would get what was left. So I thought the animal world, animal welfare world, was very cruel, very vicious. I had lost 25 pounds in seven months witnessing what was going on. I couldn't sleep or eat, so I was going to leave it. But I have to say there was somebody with much greater power than I that had a plan for my life. And I have given the organization my two-week notice, but six days before I was to leave, my life changed. And we got a call for a dog hit by a car on Davidson Avenue in the Bronx, and I told the secretary, get a driver out and get it. And she said, Mike, that's just it. We have no drivers available, and the call I'm getting this dog is really in bad shape. So, Auden, I did exactly what you and your listeners would have done if they were in my position. I just took off my suit jacket, put on a uniform jacket, took the ambulance out myself. When I got to Davidson Avenue, this little black and tan terrier blend looked just like Benji from the movies. But he was laying in the street, and he was bent almost backwards in half. The car that hit him hit him with such force, napped his back, and left him there to die. And just as I got out of the ambulance, and I'm standing over this lawn, he's shaking so badly from fear and pain. Just as I'm about to reach down from these three fellas come out of this apartment building doorway and said, what do you think you're doing? I said, it's obvious this little one's dying. I'm taking it to the hospital. They said, no, you're not taking it anywhere. And I said, why? Is this your dog? They said, no, we're betting on how long the dog is going to live. And I said, well, you guys are really sick. And when I reached down, I scooped this little one up, and I'm holding him cradled in my arms, and he's shaking so vehemently I thought he was going to fall. So I just looked down at him, and he was staring into my eyes just as if he was staring into my soul. And he held me spellbound for those seconds, and his body just started to relax as if to say, I feel safe now. I feel protected now. And then just as I turned to reach for the ambulance door handle, 
That's when these three fellows beat me from behind, stabbed me, and laid me in the street. But that's when I learned, that day I learned, the compassion that these beautiful pets have for mankind, we as human beings would never be able to emulate. That little one should not have been able to move by any shape of the imagination. But he found a way to crawl to my side, and he started to lick me back to consciousness. He would not give up on me until I opened my eyes again. And when I opened my eyes and I was staring into those beautiful brown eyes one more time, and I realized what was taking place, I laid in that street and I cried and I prayed, don't do it, don't take my life today. Give me another chance and I promise you, I will devote it to them. Well, seconds after I made that promise, my friend closed his eyes and he crossed over Rainbow Bridge And I kept my promise to him every single day of my life. From that day to now, I have helped facilitate in saving more than 8 million pets, and I got a few million more in me to go. But (laughs) it's my passion. It's what I live for. Absolutely. And I have to tell you that the hair on my arms is up at attention right now. I have heard this story, and every time it makes me cry, but it also inspires me. And, Mike, I think you had a lot to do with some of the things I do. I just, if we follow our passion, things work out. I mean, I don't care what my bank account is. You know, we're we're banking on getting better lives for our pets because they give us better lives, too. I salute you for that, Mike, and I don't get gushy very often. Well, I feel very blessed. Auden, that that day gave me a purpose in life. I mean, all of us can go through life doing good things, and some can do great things, but that day gave me a purpose in life that I don't think twice about what I'm supposed to do every day. When I get up and I shave in the morning and I see the scars, I know what my purpose in life, those are my medals, because that has given me such a great purpose in life. So I never get tired. I just keep going. I'm the energizer bunny. Just got to do what I got to do. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to hop right back to Mike Arms, the president of the Helen Woodward Animal Center, after we take this quick commercial break. So everybody, please just sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. You have to listen to Arden Moore on Oh Behave on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Oh Behave. Here's Arden. 
Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I've got my friend and every animal's friend on the planet. I'm talking about Mike Arms, the president of the Helen Woodward Animal Center. That's just such a small title in comparison to what he really does. He does a lot of things, folks. He has saved more lives of animals on this planet than anyone in the history. That's a nice little statistic. Let's get going on some of the things I notice, and this is a good thing, let's talk about why your center is more of a center of the future and that you purposely never call it the Helen Woodward Animal Shelter. It's called a center for a reason, right, Mike? Good question. We have to get away from, from the Stone Ages. If you stop and think about all the other type of organizations that had a bad public perception. Years ago, we had children's orphanages in this country. We don't have them anymore because they had a bad stigma about abusing children, taking advantage, you give them dirty beds to sleep in. So in order to get the public support, they changed it. Now you don't even hear of children's orphans anymore. You have children's youth homes, centers, etc. Years ago, we had old folks' homes that had a bad stigma about abusing the elderly, taking advantage of them. Now those are gone. Now we have assisted living, senior centers, etc., in this country, we don't even have garbage trucks anymore. We have waste <laughs> management. The only ones that have kept this bad stigma are animal shelters and dog pounds. So in order for us to get the public to perceive us differently, we have to act differently. We have to market differently. We have to promote. Here at the center, why I say it's the future of animal welfare, we don't only have a pet adoption center. We have a therapeutic riding program. We have our horses, our stables, our arena. We have a therapeutic riding program for the physically and mentally challenged. We also have a fully equipped equine hospital. It's run like a community hospital. There are at least 50 accredited equine veterinarians that use that hospital. So if your horse were to come here for a surgery, the surgeon's going to bill you, but then the hospital's going to bill you for the hospital care, for the use of a surgery suite, for the nursing care. It's just like a human community hospital. Then we have a small animal practice that the proceeds go to help our orphan pets. We have a boarding facility that will net about a half million dollars this year that the proceeds will go to help our orphan pets. One of the programs I love, and I, and I can't understand for the life of me why we don't do this all over the country, is we have an education center that provides daycare, day camps for children. And this year we had about 1,000 children go through it and we'll get about $400,000 from daycare that will go to help our orphan pets. But equally, if not more important, we're teaching children how to share the earth with animals. And the parents love it. The children love it. The parents say not only are they better with their pets, but they're better with their siblings and friends because we teach them compassion for everything that's on this earth to be shared. And so they'll grow up much differently and look at pets much differently than their parents or grandparents did. But why, with all these organizations around the country that are crying, one, they don't have any money, well, here's a way to make money, and two, here's a way to change the culture to get children more involved and grow up with a whole different attitude when it comes to pets. 
Well, I think that's why you're very much in demand all over the globe. I mean, you mentioned briefly that you're going to San Antonio. It sounds like some of the enlightened places really are trying to seek out your tips and advice. And for example, with San Antonio, what's one or two points that you'd love to be able to convey to them that other animal facilities can benefit by? Well, the biggest thing is, you know, in our culture, in our society, we will do more to advertise a Coca-Cola, a hamburger, a hot dog, a pizza than we do to advertise our pets. Now, I understand that most of these organizations do not have an advertising budget, but if they're smart, then they will use the media. The only way that we're going to increase adoptions, increase footsteps into our facilities is through the media. And our product is a visual product. They have to see our product because here's what happens, and we all know this. Every time on those rare occasions that an animal might hurt a human being, it's exploited all over the media. And then the very last thing in that exploitation, it says the animal is now at XYZ Animal Shelter. (laughs) Well, guess what? Mom and dad aren't going to run down and adopt one of those killer pets. If you are not promoting your beautiful pets, those beautiful puppies, those beautiful kittens, those beautiful dogs and cats that you have, how do you expect the public to come down and get one? So you have to be creative and use stories that the media will come in and show those beautiful pets. Perfect example is when we had, in May, when we had the Kentucky Derby. Well, we took 20 of our puppies and named them all after the Derby horses. We (laughs) built a little running chute where they call that the run... For the roses, we had it run with your noses. We tied fish and wire to puppy cookies and had the puppies chase them across the finish line. Well, TV loved it. What does it do? It shows those beautiful puppies. We were filled the next day with people coming down to get them. And when they had the royal wedding with, wedding with Will and Kate, well, we took a puppy named Will and a puppy named Kate, and they had their wedding at in England in... Buckingham Palace, well, we had the wedding here at Buckingham Palace, and we had the dogs, Duke and Duchess, and all the rest of them all waiting. So the media came out, we got to show our beautiful pets, increase footsteps, increase adoptions. We work for the pets, and by telling the pets that we love them, we'll never save their lives. By using our intelligence to bring the media in, to give them exposure, bring more footsteps in to adopt, That's what's going to save their lives. It's our intelligence that's going to do it. Well, and I like your play on words, too, so kudos. I mean, with the barking hamlets and run with your noses, that's good. That's that's good. You have a future ahead of you, young man. (laughs) Well, it's just that we have to use things that the media will love. My favorite, I don't know if I ever told you this, my favorite story is when Animal Services several years back called up and said, look, We have a nine-year-old Rottweiler that just gave birth to six puppies. We don't have a facility to keep her. We don't have a foster program. We're going to have to euthanize her and the puppies unless you can help us. I said, sure, we'll take her. So I sent Labette Thompson down to get her. Labette came back with this nine-year-old Rottweiler with six puppies. And she says, okay, Mike, now what am I going to do with the nine-year-old Rottweiler and six puppies? I said, we're going to get a story out and get her adopted. She said, who is going to be interested in a story of a nine-year-old Rottweiler with six puppies. I said, if you say it that way, nobody. Right. But that's not what the headline read. The headline read, 63-year-old gives birth to sex <laughs> chocolates. 
the, every network was here, Auden. And in 30 minutes, we had 20 applications for the mom. Nice, nice. I'm really partial to senior pets. I, you know, I've got three out of four of mine are so-called seniors. I, I like to think of them as furry Betty Whites, you know, but uh-huh. uh, that was clever. I can't let you off the show without talking about this upcoming huge conference that you created. It's called ACES International Conference, and you've got quite a who's who of people coming to give presentations. You and I talked way back. I think it was at uh, one of your Helen Woodward 5K WAG runs. with Puppy uh, Love Run. Yeah, love yeah. Run. Cleo and I were in the 5K. We won't discuss our time, but we did finish. So tell us a little bit about this conference and how people can learn more about it and what well, got you to create it. Yeah, what caused me to create this is, you know, I speak all over the world. And I'm invited to all these different conferences and to speak on behalf of pets and how to increase adoptions, et cetera. And everybody was saying, well, Mike, you know, the things that you do are so different and are needed for our industry. So many people have said, why don't you do your own conference? So finally, this year, I said, you know, I travel so much, it'd be nice to be home. And I asked for speakers like you, speakers. Um, The keynote speaker will be... Uh, Joe Rappaport from the Today Show, but I brought in marketing people. I brought in people that do social media, that will be working on social media, on public relations, on marketing, and I'm bringing in specialists on all these products to change the way we're doing things today so we can, again, give life to the pets of tomorrow. And so far, we have people coming from four different countries and 23 states. Nice. Well, I'm looking at the list, and I, with apologies if I didn't mention a specific, I'm just trying to give some of the folks. We've actually had Tamar Geller on, and she's a great dog trainer. I love, love, love James Chappelle. I think what he does with the human-animal bond is pretty nice. And you mentioned, again, Jill Rappaport. She really does embody a lot of the passions that you have. You've got a good list of people. I'm bringing my cat, Zeke. Zeke's part of the act. Did you know that? That'd be great. Yeah, this is a cat much like your story that had been knifed and brutally attacked and got her back stitched up. And I now have adopted her and she waddles like Charlie Chaplin. But she's the only cat, Mike, in the entire Pet Tech Pet First Aid program. I have a cat that you can practice your skills on that will do anything for turkey. (laughs) Fantastic. I'll make sure we have turkey available. And she would love to meet you because she goes all over the country and she's trying to up the rep for felines. Be my pleasure to meet her. All right. Well, before we say adieu, I want everybody to go to animalcenter.org. That is the site for the Helen Woodward Animal Center. And please check out Mike Arms. Do what you can in your community to bring out the best in your dog, cat, and other critter. I mean, you've done everything from international adoption telethons. You bucked the system. I mean, having a holiday adoption time. I need you to just explain the why you should, you know, everybody's thinking, like, don't get a dog or a cat during the holidays. You're like, why not? Well, the most important thing is we do know, and it is a fact, and always go by facts, that the holiday time is the busiest time when people bring new pets into their home. So we don't want those pets to be coming from backyard breeders and puppy mills. We want to put them out of business. And the way that we put them out of business is we market and adopt during the holidays because for every adoption that we do, that's one less puppy mill puppy that's sold. And that's how you put them out of business. And 
we do know that all the organizations, when we started this, we only had 14 in 1999, and that year we did 2,563 adoptions here in San Diego collectively. Well, now last year, with 4,000 organizations in 19 countries all working together, we adopted out 1,276,000 pets, more than 7 million pets since the inception of this program. So we do know that this is the right thing to do to prevent euthanasia and prevent puppy mill sales. All right. Well, Mike, uh, you want to give a shout-out to your three dogs and a cat before we say goodbye? Yep. Okay, Prem, if you're listening, if you're listening, Wilson, if you're listening, Princess, but I know Baby Cat is the one that's going to allow them to listen. All right. We are speaking with Mike Arms. He is the president of the Helen Woodward Animal Center. He does it all, folks, and I want you to check out theanimalcenter.org and see more things and get inspired and more than just inspired, jumpstart into action. Mike, thank you again for being a guest, and thank you from all those animals that bark, purr, meow, whinny, and everything else. You truly well, are you speaking for the, for the animals. Thank you for the honor of letting me be on your show. And I also want to give a shout-out to my cool producer, Mark Winter. He makes this show happen each and every week. I want you to tune in to the Obehave show and all the great shows on the Pet Life Radio Network because you will be a better person for it. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Obehave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.